Good, good. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're, this is your first time with us. And uh, we're right in the smack dab in the middle of our series called Losing My Religion, a study of the book of Galatians. So um, if you have a, a copy of the Bible with you, if you would go ahead and grab that, we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 4 today. If you have a copy of the One Church Bible that we give out free at Guest Central, it's 892 is the page number. So you're welcome to uh, start turning there as we speak. Uh, today we're talking about being a son or being a slave. Being a son or maybe even another way is maybe being an employee. Um, let me give you some background if you've kind of missed with us. Um, uh, miss being with us. Galatians is a letter written by a dude named Paul to a group of Jewish people in the uh, region called Galatia. And um, what it is, is these uh, Jewish uh, folks were depending upon religion to make themselves right with God. And religion is uh, doing things, uh, trying to be good enough, following a set of laws. And Paul came and told them, listen, religion is not going to save you. The only person that can save you is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, that's what uh, they all became Christians. And they had this relationship with God. That's what it means to be a Christian, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, Things were going well, going along fine. Um, Paul left. And then uh, some other people come and see the religious folks says, listen, Jesus is great, but it's not that easy. You need to have Jesus and something else. You need to have Jesus and something else, Jesus and religion. And that's what got them tripped up. So Paul writes this letter, uh, basically putting the throw down on them, saying, listen, you're messing up a good thing. It was simple. You need to keep it simple. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, like I said, is what we're talking about today. And something that I'm thinking through this, when I was a kid, I used to love going to work with my dad. My dad's right here in the middle. Wave at me, dad. Thank you. Um, He works for the airlines. And when you're a little kid, uh, even when you're a big kid, the airlines, that's just a fun place to go to the airport. How many of y'all like going to the airport? It's just fun. I mean, we used to go, and because my dad is my dad, he was an employee, well, I got to go into the employees-only section. All right? I could go behind the scenes, and I still love today the smell of jet fuel. You know what I'm talking about? I love that smell. There's just excitement in the air. And we used to go, and I used to go um, into, the, into the pilot's you know, cockpit. You know, if you try to do that today, they'll put a throwdown on you. Um, but I used to go down there, and, and, and I, I sat in the pilot seat. They would let me sit there. And, uh, I used to go to where all the bags, you know, when you check your bags, it goes behind that room and all that. And I, I got to ride on the tarmac. You all know what a tarmac is? Tarmac is the, like the road that the airplane rides on, all right? So, I mean, it was so much fun uh, when I was a kid. Um, now, I guess when you grow up, since my dad's grown up, uh, he probably doesn't think it's as fun because um, it's work. And that leads me to my point. You know, when you're, when you're not doing it for a job and you're just hanging out and you get to go behind the scenes, it's fun. But it's amazing when you get it as a paycheck, it becomes work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you got a job and the first day on your job, you're like, this is butter. I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. And then you're six years into it going, oh, This is the little raise that I got this year? Come on, they don't appreciate me? And that's really the 
the difference between being, okay, it's fresh, it's new. It, since I was there with my dad, being a son, because he was the one working, I was just there kind of along for the ride, or being an employee, being a slave. And that's really what we're looking at today. Being a son, are you going to be a, choose to be a son of God, or are you going to choose to be a slave of religion? Galatians chapter 4, verse 9 says this. And now that you have found God, and then Paul kind of puts it in the first piece, or should I say God has found you, why do you want to go back again and to become, what's that next word? Slaves. Slaves once more. We've been saying at the very outset that religion, the root word for religion, if you want to look up what religion means, and that root word for it, it means bondage. So why would anybody want to be religious? Because religion puts you in bondage. And Jesus said it himself. He says, I came so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. I came to set you free, and if, you, if you're free, you're free sure enough. All right? You're free indeed. I came to set you free. But many times those who we set free, we tend to go back into bondage because we like measuring well, hey, I did this better than this person. And I come to church this many more times. And I put this much more in the offering plate. And, and whatever you think impresses your Heavenly Father. Because the difference between I get to and I got to is a son or a slave. It's how you approach it. So why would you want to become slaves once more? You're trying to find favor with God by what you... What's that next word? Or... Don't. Y'all know anybody that likes trying to find favor with God by what they do? Anyone? You ever been in that? I've been in that trap. Or maybe even more importantly, what you don't do. How many of y'all ever been to church and they're always telling you what not to do? Anyone? All right, cool. All right. I've been there as well. Look at this. Religion makes you a slave. Religion makes you a slave. And it's all about what you do and don't do. Verse 3 of Galatians chapter 4 says, Before Christ came, we were in slavery under the basic principles of this world. Colossians 2.8 says it this way. Uh, See to it that no one takes you... What's that next word? Now, if you're captive, guess what? You're in bondage. See to it nobody takes you captive. How? Through human tradition... And the basic principles of this world. Same word, basic principles, human tradition. Again, I, I think about this a lot because I'm a pastor. A lot of the things that, when, as we were starting one church, we, we tried to figure out, okay, what, what did we have to do as a church? And what should we not do that's just human tradition? Because really, 90% of stuff that churches do is just tradition. It's not bad or good. It's just, I mean, the Bible doesn't say you have to have communion this many times. Or you have to get baptized in this place. All of that is really stuff that we kind of got. God gives us room to breathe on that. So we, t- we started t- asking questions. What has to be this way and what doesn't? What's human tradition? What is basic principles? Let's look at some basic principles of this world. This is religious principles, basic. The same word found in Colossians 2.8, the same word found in Galatians 4.3. Let's look at basic police principles. The first one is this. In order... To please God, i got to do more. i just got to do more. Am, am I doing enough? Probably not. Probably got to do more. And we start sweating and rubbing our brow and thinking, okay, i got to do this more. i got to read my Bible more. i got to pray more. i got to serve more. I've got to have my, 
you know, I, 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 whatever it is, I, I got to give more. I got to, uh, I got to dress up more, uh, or I got to dress down more. Depends on what type of church you're in. Um, whatever it is, I got to do more. The second principle is this: you got to do this. All right, I've got to do more, but I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to go to church. I have to give 10%. Do I give 10% of my net or my gross? Do I give 10% of what before the government takes out or after the government takes out? <laughs> we, we come up with all kinds. I've got to do this. I have to carry a bigger Bible. I know my Bible's this big, but I have to get a bigger one. I have to have a bad hairdo in order to be in certain churches or wear a toupee. Okay? Whatever it is. I have to do more. Or there's many churches that's this, that you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't smoke, you can't chew, and you can't go with girls who do. Right? You can't, you can't watch certain movies. You can't listen to certain music. Um, you, can't, uh, you can't play cards. Don't know why. All right? Can't play dice. Again, um, you, 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 can't, you can't do certain things. And, and God says, I came so that you can have freedom. Not that you don't, you, you got to, but you get to. And if you think any of those three categories on the screen right there is going to get you closer to God, it won't. It won't. Because can't do or can do, or more do, all have the same word, do. And God wants you to be. He wants you to be a son. He wants you to be a daughter. He wants you to be a child of God. And that's not about doing. It's about becoming and realizing who you are. You see, you can never please God by what you do. Ever. Even if you're a Christian, you don't, by what you do, it doesn't please God anymore because God is already pleased by what Christ has done in you and through you. In, in, back in that day, in, in, in Galatia, they were saying, you know what, okay, it's good to be Christian, but you've got to be Jewish. Some of these Gentiles were becoming Christian, and they'd say, listen, you've got to become more Jewish. And you have to follow the law, and then you have to be circumcised. Dear Lord, you're talking about a high standard. I mean, think about this, guys. Circumcision. Girls, we ain't got to think about it. But guys, I mean, so you're 28 years old, you become a Christian, and then these Jewish people come over and say, that's great that you believe in Jesus and that he's on the way, but you've got to take a knife. <laughs> la, 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 la. You've got, I mean, think about this. It hurts. You want to know how it hurts? Some of our, uh, our children... We got them circumcised when they were two days old. It hurt so badly they couldn't walk for a year. I kid you not. It hurts. All right? And Paul is saying, listen, circumcision isn't going to do it. Following God's law is not going to do it. Becoming more Jewish or becoming more Christian or becoming more religious, whatever you want to put in it, not going to do it. The only thing that's going to make you right with God is Jesus Christ. That's it. In adding anything else to it, 
is going to put you more in bondage. It's going to put you more in slavery. And you're not going to be have the freedoms you experience by a child of God. So relationship makes you a child of God. That gives us our big idea. Our big idea is this, and let's all say it together. Religion makes you a... But a relationship makes you a child of God. Very, very good. Religion makes you a slave, but a relationship with Jesus Christ makes you a child of God. This next verse rocks my world. In fact, I woke up this morning and I was just thinking, literally thinking this verse and praying this verse. Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says, But when the right time came, after they had had enough religion, enough circumcision, enough following the law, when the right time came, God sent His Son. Now, when was the right time? Well, it was around Christmas time. Because <laughs> that's when... It, okay. anyway. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject or under the law. So the law was still there. God sent Him to buy freedom. Some of your versions are going to say redeem. Re- to redeem something literally means to buy freedom. To buy freedom back. I mean, when, it, when you go and you redeem cans, if, in order for them to get, you, to get in order for them to get the cans, they have to give you money, correct? So that's what it means. There's a transfer of payment that takes place to buy freedom for us who were what's that next word? So we were slaves. How were we slaves to the law? So we were slaves to the law. Jesus comes and he purchases back our freedom. Purchases back our freedom. How? By dying on the cross. So that we're no longer slaves, but look what it says. So he could what? Oh, that's so good. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. Let me camp out here a little bit. Redeem means to purchase back. So we were in slavery, and he literally, his death purchased us back, and we are now free. That would have been good enough if we were just made free. Great, we're made free. But then he says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go one step more. I am going to adopt you. I'm going to adopt you. Uh, as I was, my wife and I were talking this morning as we were getting ready. My wife is adopted. Let me kind of tell you the, the, how that uh, took place, how the situation. Uh, she was born in uh, Fort Bragg um, in uh, North Carolina. And um, uh, she has never met her mother. Uh, her mother put her up for adoption. Uh, she was the product of an affair. Uh, she was married to a soldier, and the soldier was somewhere away. Deployment, we don't know. Um, maybe he was around. Um, but he, uh, she was the product of an affair. And that her birth mother had the choice, do I abort her or do I allow her to be born and give her up for adoption? And um, I praise God, she chose life and she carried uh, Kim uh, full term and uh, she was born and she was placed up for adoption. She was like a free agent, if you will. Okay? Until... Richard and Joanne um, came in and saw they were going to look at a bunch of different babies and then pick which one. Well, the first baby they brought in, they, ne- they didn't see anymore. 
because my wife was beautiful back then. So they chose her. They gave her a new name. And she was now adopted into a family where once there wasn't anything really maybe good could ever come out of that situation. Maybe. I don't know. But this mo- her birth mom gave her up for adoption and said, let me tell you, there's a better life for you somewhere. Somebody else can give you a better life. And Richard and Joanne chose her. You, know, you, don't, you can't choose babies that just kind of come out of you. They're there, you know. Some of them, sometimes they look great. Sometimes they look like lizards. Um, but with adoption, you can choose who you want. Now, hear me on this one. God chose you. Not only did He buy you back, not only did He redeem you, He adopted you. He saw your face. And he says, I can't live without her. I can't live without him. I want him as my child. I want her as my daughter. He bought us back and he adopted us. He chose you. That's awesome. If he chose us, then why do we want to go back into free, into slavery, into bondage? You know, three things, and we're, and we're going to talk about this and, and we're done. The slave is driven by duty, but the son is driven by devotion. The slave is driven, or the employee, if you want to call it that way, it doesn't matter. Slave employee, the slave is driven by duty, the son is driven by devotion. You know, the slave is saying, okay, i gotta, I got to do more. Obligation, duty. I have to perform. If I don't perform, I get cut off. Or a son, on the other hand, is driven by devotion. You know what? I, I, I get to do this. It's not I got to. I get to. Um, how many of y'all ever met anybody that's been fired from their job? All right. Now, so I'm not going to ask you if you were fired from your job because that may be a little personal. All right. You, people get fired from their job when they don't perform when they don't uh, keep up with the status quo. They get fired from the job when they do something stupid. All right? They get fired when things are not right. Let me show you some reasons why you would get fired, some pictures. All right? This right here would be a good reason to fire an employee. All right? Let's go to the next one. Okay, if you're a lifeguard, you don't want to be sleeping. All right? You're done. You're fired. Next one. <laughs> By the way, this happened in Paris, Tennessee. I'm, I'm just joking. All right? You've probably lost your job, don't you think? All right? All right, what about the next one? Okay, if you're driving a Pepsi truck and you're drinking a Coca-Cola, <laughs> here's your sign. All right? Fireable offense. Let me go one more. All right. Now, Cindy, who put these pictures on there, is saying, I don't get it. You see the truck on top of the roof? All right. Um, Not only is he fired, but he's probably in the county jail. All right. 
because I'm pretty sure that, uh, yeah, it's called DUI, all right? You see, in order, in, in order not to get fired, you've got to perform. You've got to do the right things, right? Have you ever heard of anybody firing a son? I'm sorry, you're no longer my son anymore. It doesn't happen. You want to know why? Because as a son, you don't have to perform to get your dad's favor or your mom's favor. You just have to be a son. You have to be a daughter. You don't have to produce. When you're a child, it's not that you got to. It's because I get to. It's not that I have to. It's because I want to. It's not an obligation. It's an opportunity. Being a child of God is, isn't about keeping a certain standard or earning points so that you can stay a child of God. No. Being a child of God has nothing to do with you being good or not. It has everything to do with your DNA. Who's your daddy? That is, that's, what, that's what it is. A slave is driven by duty. A son is driven by devotion. Here's the problem in this day and age is in the South, everybody gets just a little bit of Christianity. They get inoculated. You know what inoculations are? It's where they give, they give you a shot and they give you just enough of the disease not to really affect you that much, but to build up an immunity to it. How many of you all got the flu shot this year? Okay, that's most of us. Wow, I'm behind the eight ball here. Um, they give you just enough of the flu so that you won't catch the flu again. And that's what happens with a lot of people with Christianity. They just get, an, just get enough of Christianity. They just get enough of church in order to... That's what's wrong with the southern states. Everybody says, well, it's easy to build a church in the south in the buckle of the Bible Belt like Clarksville. I, I would disagree because everybody's heard it. Everybody's been to church. That's the reason why they don't go to church anymore. I mean, they just, they've heard the good news. It's become the old news because the good news hadn't transformed their life. They're dependent upon religion to transform them, not a relationship with Jesus Christ. They've just been enough, just got enough to be inoculated. Let's look at the next point. The slave is poor, but the son is rich. The slave is poor. He doesn't have the right to own anything. He works for the one who owns it all, but the son... He has access to everything because of his relationship with his parents. Look at Galatians 4, 7. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own, what does it say? Child. And since you are his child, everything. Everybody say the word everything. Everything he has belongs to you. Now, what, how much is everything? It's everything. It's all of it. It's the kit and caboodle. That means everything that God owns is yours and it's mine. That rocks. That's cool. So if, if you have a need, you pray to your Heavenly Father and He will provide your needs. I love that. You can go into the employees only section because God is your Father. He's your dad. Philippians 4.19 says, God will meet all of your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Since you are His child, everything He has belongs to you. Everything. All of His riches. In the book of Ephesians, it says that you, we're going to share in the riches of God's grace. In Ephesians 1.7. In Philippians, it says we're going to have the riches of God's glory. 4.19. In Romans, it says we're going to have the, the riches and wisdom. Of God, Romans 11:33. Colossians it says you're going to have the riches of His complete understanding. The point: get what He's got, you got. 
Because you're His son. You're His daughter. It's like with my kids. My kids, I, we ate pizza yesterday. We, we ordered Domino's because we were switching out our, our wardrobe for our winter clothes. Have you all done that yet? Makes you just want to... Man, it's a pain, isn't it? Anyway, um, but we ordered Domino's. And uh, when the kids got back home uh, from Grandma and Granddad's, we all ate. And I put the pizza out there. I opened it up and, boom, and they grabbed it. Now, they didn't ask me, Father, might I thine have a piece of pizza? They don't have to ask me when I put food in front of them. Why? Because they're my boys. I got three boys. They're all of mine. And the biggest eater is Bing. These are this old, right there. He's like 14 months old. Now, if your child comes over to my house and I put pizza out, if he grabs, we're going to have some issues. All right? Why? Because I'm not his daddy. All right? He's a guest. He would ask, not with the King James English, might I dine? But, he, hey, can I have a pizza pizza? Sure. All right? But my kids don't have to ask. Because they're my children, and what I have is theirs. God's saying that, listen, if you're a child of God, you don't, all you have to do is ask because I'm going to give it to you. I am gonna, and, and that leads us to our third and final point is this. The slave has a master, but a son has a father. Now, this might be a bummer for some of you because you're thinking, man, a father. And some of your, maybe your earthly father was just really messed up. And you have a hard time seeing God as a father because your father was abusive, was distant. Maybe he abandoned you. Hear me. Understand this. When God says and describes himself as a heavenly father, he is the most perfect father you will ever meet. If you have bad feelings about your dad, he's nothing like that the most purest sense of the word. He is head over heels in love with you. He is faithful to you. He is just so loving to you. He's not distant. He's up close and personal. That is how God longs to be. He wants to be your heavenly father. Verse 6 of Galatians 4 says, Because you are what? Sons and daughters. God sent the Spirit of His Son, big S, Jesus Christ, into our hearts, so the Spirit who calls out, what does it say? Abba. Now, y'all know what Abba is. That's a 70s rock group, right? All right, maybe. All right. But let me tell you literally what the word Abba means. It's, it's not Hebrew. It's not Greek. It's Aramaic. And it literally means daddy. Dada. I have Bing who's walking right now. And he says, Bobby. Bobby, he says Bobby more than anybody because that's my grandfather's name. That's actually my father's name, his grandfather. And he just loves him more than anybody else. But when I give him some money, he actually says, Dada. Um, and Daddy. All right? That's how we can come to God. We who come as faith as a child can come to God. And we don't have to say, you know, you know Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You can say it like that. Or you can just come, hey, Dad, how you doing? That's what this says. You have total access to him. Just like any of my sons has access to me, you may not have access to me. 
You may call me. I may ignore you. All right? I may see your name on call ID and go, oh. All right. By the way, I'm not. I'm joking. So, because so, we don't have caller ID, you know, anyway, long story. Um, but, you know, my, my children don't have to call me. I mean, they live with me. They have access to me all the time. And guess what? You have access to your heavenly Father all the time. Look at verse 8 and 9. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves. But now that you know God, or rather being known by God, why is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them again? That's our point. A relationship will make you right with God. But religion will always make you a slave. I want to end with this story. I love history. Any of y'all like history? Those that How many of you don't like history? That's fine. I'm not going to embarrass you. All right. The reason why you don't like history is because you had a bad history teacher. That's just how it is. It's a spiritual gift for somebody to make history boring. Um, I, I remember, I, I'm fascinated with history. And when I used to live in Virginia, we used to go to Appomattox. That's where the Civil War ended, where Robert E. Lee uh, surrendered to Ulysses S. Grant. And I love Civil War history. Um, in January the 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation and smack dab in the middle of the Civil War. And with this Emancipation Proclamation, he proclaimed all the slaves were set free. Now, it wasn't until a couple of years later, on December 18, 1865, that the 13th Amendment was signed, and it gave freedom to all slaves. There was freedom for everyone. But a war had been fought, a president had been assassinated, Finally, when that, the 13th Amendment was signed, just freeing everyone, freeing all blacks, the news spread over Capitol Hill. It spread uh, down the hills of Virginia. It spread in the, in the back, uh, the ways in the backwoods of North Carolina. It, went, it spread down far as the south as Alabama and Georgia, Tennessee and Mississippi. And... It freed all the slaves. And yet something happened that nobody ever expected. The vast majority of slaves in the South who were legally freed continued to live as slaves. Most of them went on living as if nothing had ever taken place. And African Americans for the next 30 years lived on as slaves once they've been freed. One reporter asked a former slave what he thought of Lincoln and freedom. And this is how he responded. I don't know nothing about Lincoln except they say he set us free. And I don't know nothing about that either. This is tragic. A war had been fought, a president assassinated, an amendment signed, and slaves who were now free are living as slaves. Just as tragic is that we all were enslaved, enslaved to sin. A war has been fought. The Son of God has been assassinated. And He's purchased back our freedom. 
and we go back to living as slaves when we really are children of God. So as we close, I want to ask you just a simple question. Are you living like a son or are you living like a slave? Are you living like a daughter or are you living like an indentured servant? God has come to set you free. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for for allowing us to just be able to come and look at this amazing book called Galatians because all of us struggle. All of us struggle, Lord, with just going back into our old ways, going back into bondage. The verse that's going through my head right now, Lord, is, is in Proverbs, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. And Lord, the truth be told, many of us are foolish because we keep on going back. We know church can't save us. We know religion can't save us, but we keep on going back. And Lord, once you set us free, it's not that we have to go to church, it's that we get to go to church. It's not that we have to serve, it's that you give us the opportunity to serve. It's not that we have to give, we got to give. It's that you've loved us so much, our natural response is that we can give to you. Lord, I just I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to see ourselves as sons and not as slaves. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.